Hi guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bellati, and I will say today's episode is a little bit different. Um, I don't have any sponsors in today's episode. I don't have any elaborate tales to tell. I don't have honestly a lot really planned out uh, for this episode. Not that I really plan things too much anyway, as you guys probably know from listening, but uh, I don't really have a whole lot of structure for today's episode because I just wanted it to be kind of like a heart spill. I think that's what I want to call it. Just really honestly, very transparently, very um, without boundaries, sharing my what's on my heart right now and what I've been going through, what I've been dealing with. Anyway, um, I saw this quote on Tumblr. You guys know I'm such a Tumblr, like a closet Tumblr nerd. Like I love scrolling on Tumblr. I've had it since like 2008 or something. And I've just, I, I go on there when my mind is in a kind of a fog and I need just some creative energy or just overall I'm just like, you know, that's the site that I go to. Like if you're just like on Google and you just type something in, like what is the site you go to when you just don't really know what else to do? Tumblr is that for me. So there's this quote that I saw that really kind of snowballed into everything else I'm going to talk about today. And I do have this written down in my notes and it says, love doesn't just sit there like a stone. It has to be made like bread, remade all the time, made new. And at first glance, or I guess first read-through of this quote, I really thought of it in the context of, you know, a married couple that has been together for a long time, trying to rekindle that spark, trying to, you know, make the bread new again, bring the spark back. You know, if you're in a relationship for a long time or you're just trying to, you know, rekindle or I don't know, things like that in romantic love, romantic relationships. And the longer that I stared at it, it kind of started to morph into something a little bit different, something that I could really relate to because recently I have been stumbling in my relationship with myself. I have found it very difficult to love myself recently, physically, emotionally, just in all ways. I've been kind of disappointed in myself recently, kind of dealing with periods of time where I just don't really love the person that I am and I look back on how I was and kind of mourn the loss of the person that I used to be and the child that I was and it's been a lot recently um, dealing with those emotions and so reading this quote it kind of felt like a sign because Love, you know, in all forms is important, but I think the most important form of it is self-love. And as this quote suggests, I'm going to read it again, read it in kind of a self-love context, or I guess hear it because I'm going to read it too. You're going to hear it. Love doesn't just sit there like a stone. It has to be made like bread, remade all the time, made new. And I think that my problem is I just assumed that through all the different phases of life I go through, through all the years that pass, the love that I had for myself when I was younger and I had the constant, you know, approval of my parents and people around me hyping me up and loving me as a kid because when you're a kid, you do no wrong as a child. I mean, you're, of course, you're put in your room for stupid things, but you are just constantly filled up with love from teachers, from coaches, from parents, from, you know, and then 
as you age, as you grow up, it's like, it's kind of put on you. I mean, adulting is hard. You have to do a lot of things yourself, pay for a lot of things yourself, make a lot of decisions for yourself. But something that we forget is that we also have to love ourselves and we have to make a conscious effort to do that because it is not easy. It does not come easily for a lot of us. Not for me, not whatsoever. And so I think that that this quote just came at a great time because I think it's time It's kind of like, you know, one of those things you do every so often. You just kind of stop and check and make sure that you're doing a good job loving yourself because it doesn't just sit there like a stone constant. It has to be made, remade all the time and made new and you have to find new ways to love yourself as you get older and as you go through different phases of life and live in different places and as you're changing, your ways and means of loving yourself also has to change and evolve. And that was something that I have just forgotten to do, honestly, in the shuffle of everything and in the way that the world is right now. And honestly, self-love just doesn't rank high on my to-do list as of late. It just feels like something that is frivolous in a time like this where a lot of people are struggling and there's a lot of really important things happening with the election and just a lot of important issues floating. It doesn't feel like self-love and a selfish sort of love feels right right now. But I mean, there is that concept that you can't expect yourself to really do anything of importance, anything that will help anyone else if you don't have love and respect for yourself. And honestly, I've been going through times recently, some really painful periods of sadness and anxiety, and it all hovers around the concept of I don't love myself very much not like I used to. And I think as my eyes have become more open to how the world is and how I am in this world, it makes me a little bit disappointed in myself easily and a lot of different emotions. And I've just become (laughs) kind of just a ball of emotions and really um, out of control sometimes. And I'll do things and think about it later and just become so overcome with either regret or sadness, disappointment and things. And it could be even just simple, stupid things. And I just, I get so like worked up over things, so worked up and I don't know who to talk to about it. And I don't know what to do with all the emotions I feel. And it just becomes so overwhelming. I want to scream sometimes. And so I was telling my friends about this recently and about you know, just how I've been feeling and just the spirals I go down. You guys know I've, I've podcasted about this recently about, you know, body image stuff and like just spirals of self-hatred. Those are my recent episodes. So it has not been a secret that I've been dealing with this. Um, but I sat down and talked to my friends about it. Um, you know, there's been some hard stuff recently that I haven't really talked about on here. And my friends encouraged me, thankfully, to see a therapist. And I want to talk a little bit about therapy because for years now, I, I've really respected therapy. I've always thought to myself like, oh, that's a nice thing that people do. It's a great thing. My earliest memory of therapy is sex in the city when Carrie goes to a therapist and meets that guy in the waiting room and starts hooking up with this guy that she met at her therapist, um, And that's like the earliest memory or knowledge or just the the first time that I like heard about therapy 
because honestly, I don't feel like on the East Coast, for the most part, like this is me generalizing from my experiences in Maryland, North Carolina, and New York, I don't find that people are super, super open about therapy. And, you know, they don't want to be the one that's going to therapy because it means you're messed up in some way or you're broken. Here on the West Coast, however, I just in my few interactions out here with people that are not maybe local, or I guess no, local, so like they, they're not native, but they're local. I don't know. They like live here, but they're not from here. Or even people that are from here that I've, you know, run into have just like glorified and spoken so highly of therapy. And I feel like there's such a difference between the East and West Coast in that regard. Like I feel like people in New York were so hush-hush about therapy and yeah anyway so there's like you know there's all the judgments and the things people have to say about it and whatever but regardless I have never considered it necessarily for myself just because I feel like I'm really good at expressing my emotions and I'm usually really good at figuring out what's wrong and what to do about it and even now like I have the problems that I have and I I feel like I know what to do about it just from all of the things I've read online and other people that I follow that, you know, talk about their problems and stuff. But there's a difference I've learned between knowing what to do and doing the things that you know you're supposed to do. And sometimes, I mean, of course there is, but like, it's kind of groundbreaking because you can know all the things to do and all the things to say and all the reasons for why you feel what you feel. And you can still just not have the courage to put them into practice and to do the things that you're supposed to do. Like I journal, I talk on here a lot about what's going through my mind and my problems and I talk to my friends and whatever, but I don't necessarily, I feel like I really scratch the surface. Even even though I think I know what I'm doing, I, I scratch the surface and it really honestly just takes an outside person to tell you Number one, your feelings are valid and what you're feeling is not crazy or weird. And just having someone that isn't in your friend group, that isn't your your mom, that isn't that just doesn't really know you and knows what you're saying and has no other like no biases, no other knowledge of you and just hears these very diagnosable things and like figures out what's up and asks the questions that you don't even know to ask yourself about the past and about why this makes you feel like this or why, I don't know. I just needed a little push, I think, to get into therapy. And luckily I got the push I needed a couple weeks ago. And I reached out to a friend out here um, that I've, that's been here for a while and that I know uh, you know, either respects therapy a lot to know someone who is good or I don't really, yeah. Anyway, I just had a feeling this person would know of a good therapist and she got me in touch with my therapist that I have been seeing. Um, I've seen her twice now. We've spoken twice. And it's one of those things where I was like, I don't know if I even need to tell people about this, you know, because it's such a personal thing and you don't need to tell anyone about therapy and about what you talk about in therapy. That's really for you and it's important that you don't share too much, I guess, because I mean, I'm saying this personally because it becomes, it's, it, it, that's the purpose of therapy. It's like, it's really like, it's you and the other person and you are unloading your thoughts and feelings and they're helping you figure out why, you know, get to the root of it and also figure out where to go from here. 
And I found that even in my two sessions with this lovely woman, very intelligent woman, um, I, I feel something happening. <laughs> like I feel like this like hard shell exterior that I have breaking and it feels good. It feels really good because I feel this pressure constantly as an internet creator and as someone that people have followed for a long time to always have the right thing to say and to always be you see the thing is though I don't feel a pressure to be perfect anymore but I do feel a pressure to have these like revolutionary growth moments like to tell you guys oh yeah guys here's how I struggled like here's a way that I stumbled this week like this is something that happened and here is how I fixed it here is how I saved the day for myself and here is how I overcame this crazy problem and sometimes like that just doesn't happen for me I haven't overcome it I really don't know what I'm doing from here and this is a really crazy thing that happened and although I'm going to tell you guys that I'm good and that things are getting better and are fine that maybe isn't the case all the time and it's not lying necessarily it's just kind of (laughs) wanting to wanting to give you guys a good success story (laughs) because That's what the internet triumphs. The internet triumphs success stories. Perfection isn't necessarily trendy anymore. I don't think. Maybe it is on some people's feeds. But for me, all I tend to see anymore is here's the real hard truth. Here is the unfiltered situation. And here is how I'm like triumphing over my demons. And here is how I saved the day for myself. And here is how I'm succeeding despite everything. And It's a really, really nice picture. It's a really nice idea. And I like how the internet is going in this direction of like, here is how you can fight your demons and here is how I'm being transparent about it so everyone can see it and I'm not hiding anything. But sometimes in that, it makes you feel like you always need to have a success story. You always need to have these miraculous moments you can share of how you overcame your demons. And the thing is, it doesn't always happen overnight. And it sucks because as an impatient person that I am, I always just want my problems to be gone like that. And I want to be able to share this like awesome story of how I like was able to kick it in a couple of days, but that's just not the truth. And so I've been seeing this therapist. Um, I'm going to see her on a weekly basis. See as in like digitally, we are digitally seeing each other um, over Zoom. And I feel like something good is really going to come from it. And it's all going to be in the realm of self-love because even after, you know, I don't even know how long we've spoken so far, I guess like two hours maybe like in total, um, she's gotten that, you know, from this time of me just unloading my very scattered thoughts and feelings that I don't have a lot of self-love. I don't have a lot of respect and love for myself. And it really sucks to hear someone say that to you that doesn't really know you. because that means it's super evident even in just the the bare bones of my story that I've told her that I don't see myself in the way other people see me and I have a hard time forgiving myself I have a hard time accepting myself for who I am and how I am and I mean, we've we've de- like delved into my past, my childhood, my high school bullying experiences, my college 
trying to prove myself, my even now trying to keep up a certain image online, all the things that I go through and have dealt with as a person that a lot of you guys have probably experienced similar things. And it's just so interesting how everything is linked. Everything that, every decision and thing that you do is a domino from something else. Like it is coming from somewhere. Like you as humans, we base our decisions off of previous ones and previous experiences. And that is how, you know, even as young children, how we grow and how we learn. We learn from the thing that happened before. And so, you know, how we are loving ourselves, how we are teaching ourselves to love ourselves, you know, really does domino into our adult lives, you know, as kids and how we're taught to express ourselves and all of those things really does, it builds us and it makes us who we are. And so I think that for a while in my younger life, I had a really not so great way of loving myself. Like I loved myself, but it was like conditional. It was I loved myself when I did this well or when I was succeeding on the internet or when, you know, guys were noticing me and I, I trained myself to only be proud of myself, only love myself when I was getting a certain sort of recognition from other people, a certain sort of, um, just a certain sort of feeling, but it wasn't it wasn't like, it was conditional. It wasn't unconditional. It was conditional. So I've taught myself over the years that I can only feel proud of myself. I can only feel loved by myself if I had these things going for me, if I was doing this, that, and the other thing. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
And the truth is, you shouldn't have to have conditions in love. I mean, when you love another person, like it's very common to hear that, you know, they love me despite everything. They love me despite my flaws. And it's just so much easier in most situations to give love to another person and to love another person despite all their flaws. And, you know, if you have a partner right now and, you know, you definitely know your partner is not perfect, there are definitely things that, you know, maybe you don't necessarily love or you do love, but maybe like just aren't, I don't know, like perfect about this person. Like, I don't know, maybe one of their eyes is a a slightly different color than the other one. I guess that's kind of cool. But like, I don't know, you know what I mean? And you still love them despite everything. And so why is it so hard for us to do the same for ourselves? Why is it so hard for us to love ourselves unconditionally? There's just something that we can't, we can't let ourselves do it. And it's, I don't know why I'm figuring it out with my therapist, but as I was watching, um, you know, after we spoke, I was just in my feels, of course, and I was watching some old YouTube videos because I do have the, the luxury of having the last you know, 11 years of my life documented online. So I do know what I was feeling in high school to a certain extent. And as I'm watching these videos, I'm trying to kind of like look into my face, my like 17 year old face and try to think about what, like what was really going on. Because I think, you know, when things happen and that aren't maybe so great, we try to block them out of our minds, right? So I was trying to see past what I was saying in these haul videos, in these makeup tutorials and all the things, and try to figure out what was really going on and why, you know, I was already at 17 years old forming these horrible habits of, of conditional self-love. And so I was watching a bunch and like, there's this one video in particular that I filmed right before it was like, February 12th, so like a few days before Valentine's Day, and this was when I was 17, so what year was that? 17? Mm, It was like 2013 or something? Wait, is that right? No, that's definitely not. You know what I mean. I was 17. I'm not going to sit here and do the math, but um, I was talking about, you know, I, I made this whole video basically speaking to myself, but of course I, you know, masked it as like I'm doing this for other people and that's why I'm filming this, but a lot of the videos I made were for me. I needed to hear it. I needed to try to reinforce it by saying it out loud. And so this was a whole video about self-love and well, I guess I tried. I really tried to get into that, but I really did not have much love for myself then. I don't have much love for myself now. I need to work on it obviously, which is why I'm in therapy, but Um, I was sitting there basically addressing my followers, talking to everyone about, you know, it's okay if you don't have a Valentine and listening to myself, like I was sitting there crying, watching myself talk because I, all the things I said in that video, every single thing I said in that video was kind of a silent scream for help. Honestly, like I needed someone then to tell me that, I don't need to put on such a brave face all the time. I don't need to, you know, convince everyone that I'm great and that I'm so confident and that I, that's not what you need to do all the time. Like you don't need to always, I know that there's this tendency to think that you need to help everyone else because you can't help yourself, but that's just, it's, it's self-sabotage because I was convincing myself that I felt a certain way when I really, there was just so much wrong, so much wrong, so much I needed to hear from someone. And I, I like, 
sitting here as my like older self now, I like just wish I could help that girl. And it's devastating because the habits that I was forming at 17 have carried with me and it's become a habit that I just can't break now. You know, seeking validation from other people, seeking validation, but still proclaiming, oh yeah, I love self-love. Self-love is great. I'm so confident and here's why. And, you know, I sit here and I preach. And I was listening to this podcast the other day um, by Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown's podcast. Definitely give it a listen. It's called Unlocking Us. I've listened to nearly every single episode. She's a lot of cool people on there. A lot of people in the literary world, a lot of just really motivating people. And she had this whole episode on, um, I don't, I think it was literally called self-love or something like that. Um, I wish I had the title. I didn't, I just have it in my head right now. Um, she was speaking about how her body is an ally and it was kind of, um, about just body image and about how we attack our bodies and how not even just the shape and form of our bodies, but the color of our bodies and it was a whole message on race and on privilege and a lot of other things which was really really eye-opening I'm going to definitely link this on my Instagram story so you guys can check it out but Brene Brown just type it in um, and so she, she was talking about my body is an ally like repeat that every single day my body is an ally like I am with my body I am not against my body my body is an ally it helps me through life like here is how it helps me kind of reminiscent of my last episode about body image, but she said, um, my body is an ally, but I find that I am in performative allyship with my body. And this really shook me to my core. And for context of, you know, what is a performative ally, if you guys don't know, um, performative activism, this is from Google. I like wanted to get a very intense definition so everyone can know. Um, it's a term referring to activism done to increase one's social capital rather than because of one's devotion to a cause. It's often associated with surface level activism, referred to as slacktivism. That's so interesting. I've never heard that before, but essentially it's, you know, doing something to boost your social image or make you look more woke and more with it rather than your actual understanding and devotion to whatever you are talking about. So she's kind of pulling it into a body form and a self-love form. It's like, you can say the same. It's like, I love myself, but I am a performative ally with that love. Like I am not with, with it, with myself. Like I am not, I'm against myself. And I, I do it for show sometimes. And I think that's kind of how I feel about myself on the internet. I post every single week various things and sometimes I feel like I want so badly to believe in what I say and I so badly want when I say things like, oh, like here are the ways that I, you know, find self-love or here is how I get over my negative body image and here is how I... And I'm doing, like I said in the beginning, like it's, you know, why I was just so averse to therapy for so long was because I, I know all the things I'm supposed to do. I know how I'm supposed to feel. I know the reasons why what I actually feel are toxic. And I know where they come from a lot of the time, from my childhood, from when I was young. And still, you can know all these things and hear all these things and still not know how to put it into action and how to make it actually do something to help you. 
And so I, that was just so interesting to me. And some other things that my therapist and I talked about, I didn't want to, of course, I don't want to share everything on here because that's the point of therapy is being one-on-one. But uh, she talked a lot about, you know, not only do I need to work on self-love in that terminology, but I also need to find compassion for myself. She's like, you have a lot of compassion for other people, you know, and a lot of just you're quick to forgive, quick to move on, quick to to love people, but it doesn't seem like you do the same thing for yourself. And I actually had to look up, like, what does compassion mean? Like, what is compassion? Because I've heard that word, and it's a pretty word, and obviously I know what passion means, and I know certain ways that compassion is used in a sentence, but I didn't really know what it meant. And it's so funny because there's so many common words out there that I just like think I know what it means and I don't. And so, I mean, that's just normal because of course, as we grow up and we learn all, we learn words, it's like sometimes some certain words get lost in translation and you just think you're using it in a a way that you think is right and it's not right. But compassion, so dictionary definition of compassion says, the meaning of compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then take action to help. Compassion embodies a tangible expression of love for those who are suffering. So this definition kind of targets it outward, but compassion can also, and is also needed, inward. So I'm going to read this again, just kind of in the lens of like myself. So the meaning of compassion is to recognize the suffering of myself, and then take action to help myself. Compassion embodies a tangible expression of love for myself who is suffering. It's so interesting because you can be the most like humanitarian, always wanting to help other people and it just comes easily to you to have, you know, empathy for others and to, I don't know, at least like put yourself in their shoes and all the things you're supposed to do. And when it comes to doing the same for yourself, you can't do it. Like I am so good at, I will say, I will pat myself on the back right now. Um, this is my form of self-love, obviously. I only love myself when I'm doing things that I am like, okay, other people are going to like this. It sucks, but it's true. So I'm good at giving advice to people. I'm good at listening and hearing what they're saying and hearing what they're not saying and saying the right thing. Like I'm good at that. But when it comes to myself and hearing myself and hearing what I'm not saying and what I'm saying and trying to come up with a way to help myself, I am really bad at it. I'm extremely bad at it. I don't really know what to do. And so I asked you guys on um, Instagram to tell me what you guys do for self-love for yourself. Like, that's redundant. But like, you know, how do you love yourself? What do you do? What are your self-love techniques that you can recommend to other people? There's a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga, a lot of cooking, walking, hiking, you know, creating things, journaling, a lot of those responses, which are great and amazing. And I feel like I do those things too. And maybe it's self-love, maybe it's performative self-love, but it's something. Um, One of the responses that shook me the most that I was like, wow, this is great. And I, I feel like definitely is a therapy sort of response to this or like someone definitely you know was told this in therapy or maybe are just really intelligent but they said I visualize myself from the future comforting myself in the past or my current self comforting my past self and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about watching my old YouTube videos and wanting to comfort myself you know I I feel like I I, I it's easy for me to look into the past and look at myself on the computer screen and 
want to say certain things and feel so strongly to say certain things. But it's hard (laughs) to visualize myself in the future talking to myself now because, of course, I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know if I'll even ever get better. Will I ever learn to self-love? Will it take someone else to show me that I can? And I was telling my therapist this, like I was saying that I have this weird like vision and I think it's been instilled in me from TV shows and movies and all the things. But it's been instilled in me that maybe someone like a knight in shining armor will swoop in and somehow loving them and them loving me will show me that I should love myself more. And I feel like that happens in a lot of cases. A lot of, you know, the cute sappy posts you see on Instagram, it's like, this person makes me better. This person makes me a better person. This person has helped me find worth or my own, me find my own worth. Like maybe I don't find worth in them, but they have helped me. They've opened my eyes to what I can't see. And I see that and I'm like, ooh, okay, so maybe someday that'll happen. Like maybe in a few months, like maybe in a few years, maybe like someday when I meet the right person, then I will find self-love. Then I will have my eyes opened. It'll be an aha magical moment and I will love myself. And that's just kind of the the narrative that I've adopted as like what's going to happen for me for so long. And going back to that video, the Valentine's Day video I filmed, I was 17 years old in that video and I said to myself, you know, it's been 17 years that I've never had a Valentine, blah, blah, blah. Like I've always been single on Valentine's Day for 17 years. And I literally had to pause the video because I'm sitting here at 24 years old and I have not had a concrete, legitimate, I love you Valentine in 24 years. So 17 year old Katie, you're in for a ride because you're in for a treat because it's still going to be the same. And I don't know how many years later, seven years later. So You can't rely on other people for that. You really can't because you're just going to be waiting around for something that you can bring yourself. I don't know how necessarily yet and I'm working on that. I don't want to say that I have all the answers because that's the problem with what what I am already. I need to stop thinking I always have to have a wild success story. I can be struggling. I can have unanswered un or unsolved worries and unsolved problems it's it's a thing it's it's fine it's really fine you know I can recognize certain truths but I don't have to have all of them and so I'm sitting here saying to you I don't really know how I'm going to find the self-love yet I'm working on that but I do know it's it's possible and I do know it's possible for it to come from what you already have you know it's like when a recipe magically calls for everything you already have in your fridge and you don't have to go out and buy anything it's going to be that sort of feeling You don't need to source any ingredients. It's all already in your fridge. (laughs) You guys know I love fridge analogies. I love food analogies. And so I actually do have one to share with you guys. So one of you all sent it to me. You guys know me so very well. Um, It was written by this person named Trina Taylor in 2013. And it was posted to her blog. But someone sent me this on Instagram. And so I wanted to read it to you because it really resonated with me. And it really goes along with literally everything I've ever said on here. So... Here is what it says. It says, suppose you have a kitchen that is always filled with food, great dishes, great recipes, and you can have any food from any place in the world at any time in any quantity. And because this is the case, you open the kitchen up to everyone, not worried about not having enough. The door is always open. You enjoy sharing the food. It brings you pleasure and your house is always full of people that have come to eat in this magical kitchen. 
Then one day someone knocks on your door and it's a person holding a pizza. The person looks at you and says, hey, do you see this pizza? I'll give you this pizza if you let me control your life. If you do whatever I want you to do. You won't starve. I'll make sure of it. And you just have to be good to me. Can you imagine your reaction knowing you have a magic kitchen filled with whatever you want when you want it? The audacity of this person coming to you offering what they may have but with stipulation, rules, and expectations. I'm sure you would say, no thank you, I don't need your food, I have plenty, but you can come into my kitchen and have whatever you want and you don't have to do anything, but just know you can never manipulate me with your food. Now imagine the exact opposite. Several weeks have gone by and you haven't eaten anything. You are starving. You don't have any money in your pocket for food and this person knocks on your door, hey, there's food here. You can have this food if you do exactly what I want you to do. And because you're hungry, you're starving, you accept the food and you do exactly what this other person wants you to do in exchange for the food. You eat some food and he says, if you want more, you can have more, but you have to keep doing what I want you to do. But if I'm not satisfied with how you do it, I may limit your portions. You have food now, but you might not have it later. You remember too well what it feels like to be starving without food, so now your goal is to please and hopefully receive. Now I know you're all saying, so what? What's your point when I'm talking about love? Imagine this food is love. You have an abundance of love in your heart. You've loved not just for yourself, but for the whole world. Your kitchen is wide open for everyone. You love so much that you don't need anyone's love. You share your love without condition. You don't love if, you love all. You're a millionaire in love and someone knocks on your door and says, hey, I have love for you here. You can have my love, but only if you do whatever I want you to do. With conditions. When you are full of love, what do you think your reaction will be? You will laugh at that and say, thanks, but I don't need your love. I have the same love here in my heart, even bigger than yours, and I will share it without condition. If you are starving for love and don't have love for yourself in your heart, and someone comes in and says, you want a little love? You can have my love if you do just what I want you to do. You will do it. Self-love is critical to your peace of mind in any relationship. You cannot give what you don't have. Learn to love yourself above all things and all things to others you can then give. Otherwise, you are expecting and needing, and that is only emptiness. It begins with you. Take responsibility for you and your feelings, your love, and let others do the same. Never take anything personal. Instead, take it as a sign that just maybe it's something you have to work on or walk out on until you find love within yourself. So well written. What an amazing analogy. You guys know I love analogies. I love food. I love food analogies. And that was just so well done. I talked about, you know, it's like having all this food at home and looking out for, you know, eating takeout every day of the week. It's like you have so much goodness inside yourself. You do. I think what what struck me about this analogy was, you know, the concept of love with conditions. You know, you can have the food, you can have the love, but you need to do what I say and do, or, you know, you need to do what I say. And I find that when friends of mine are coming to me talking about their toxic relationships that they're in with a significant other, they'll constantly say like, oh, you know, I love him, I love him, I love him, but he always needs to know where I am and he gets upset when I'm home late or he tracks my location and gets mad when I, you know, do this or go here. He gets mad when I do this or that and the other. And 
although we've talked about it and tried to come to a conclusion with like what this means and like how we can work on it, how we can make compromises and things, it just doesn't work. And he says like, you either do this or it's no love. Like you can't be in a relationship with me if you're going to do this, whatever. I think some conditions are good in relationships. I think that sometimes not conditions, maybe like just maybe coming to an agreement or understanding with things. I think that, you know, talking and having problems is just a, a part of having a relationship. But I will say, when it comes to like deep, full love, you love no matter what, and there aren't conditions. You know, there aren't things that like are make or break. It's like you just love them. And sometimes this, this sucks because, you know, you, someone does these things that are really horrible and you still are like maybe I can't be with them but I still love them you know love doesn't have conditions love is love and so when it comes to loving yourself why do we set up all these conditions why is it I only love myself when I'm succeeding I only love myself when I'm my Instagram does well I only love myself when I'm in a relationship why why do we have so many conditions for ourselves love is love it doesn't have conditions like that I think you can feel a sense of being proud of yourself or not proud of yourself, but all the while you still love yourself, even if you're not proud of things you're doing, even if you don't, you know, if you're disappointed in yourself, even if it's hard to forgive yourself right away for things that you do, you still carry love. You should carry love. I don't think I do, honestly. It's like you doing a horrible thing and, you know, hoping to learn from it and just, you know, apologizing profusely and your friends forgiving you and, you know, despite the fact that you did something bad, it's like, you're still going to move on from this. You're not done. Your life isn't over. We still love you, even though X, Y, Z. Why don't we feel that way about ourselves? When it comes to the concept of self-love and what I know I should be doing, I have such a wandering eye. I'm a cheater because I look at other people and I'm like, you know what? If I was in their body, if I was that smart, if I was in their relationship, I would love myself then. You know, I look at other people and I think, okay, if I was this person, of course I'd love myself. But look at me. Like, I'm not that person. And that, my friends, is like, I think it's cheating in some way, shape, or form. So it's not healthy. So I'm definitely working through all these things in therapy. But this is just kind of my starting point. I want to put this out there and hopefully someone will think, wow, yeah, me too. And I can share how I eventually figure it out. I'm definitely not there yet. And that's okay because I'm working on triumphing, not just success stories, not just my marvelous moments of how I overcome things, but also the in-between, also the dealing with it stages. Um, I think that something I do want to talk about before we're done is this concept, uh, I did see this on Tumblr as well. You guys know I love Tumblr. I'm like obsessed with it. Um, the most common way people give up their power is thinking they don't have any. And so in this weird period of time where I'm working on loving myself, I'm trying to fall in love with myself. I'm trying to forgive myself and move on with things that are hard. You know, I have all the power to change my way of life and way of thinking, the way that I love myself, the way that I view myself. And, you know, I for so long just didn't think I had that power because I didn't think I, I just didn't think I had it. I didn't think that I needed to do it because there's so many other things. And it's okay if I don't love myself because I can love other people and it feels good to do that. But, you know, it's like having this marvelous 
kitchen, you know, when you do love yourself. And I don't really know that feeling, but I will eventually. And I just need to put in the work to get myself there. Recently, I was telling a friend of mine that I was having a quarter life crisis because of all the feelings I've been experiencing and the therapy and all the things. I was like, I am literally having a quarter life crisis. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know where I want to be in the world. I don't know anything. I am like freaking out. And he said to me, okay, Katie, let's just calm down. Um, What do you want to do with your life? Let's just take it one step at a time. Like what is a goal? What is something you want to do or be? And I said, I literally responded one word. This is happening over Snapchat. It's like tearful selfies. Um, I said, happy. And he said, well, what makes you happy? And I'm sitting there like staring at the Snapchat about like what makes you happy? And I'm like, suddenly forget everything I've ever enjoyed or loved in this world. I'm like, I don't know (laughs) what makes me happy. And then I like, you know, thought about it and I came up with some things, you know, like I was like, oh, I like good books, good food, being with my friends, art, pretty dresses. And then he's like, okay, well, what makes you sad? And I again struggled, but I was like, it kind of came easier, like honestly much easier than the happy things, which is concerning. But I said, I don't like, you know, friend drama, insecurity, uncertainty, And I marveled, you know, sitting there after I had sent that Snapchat, I was like, most of the things that I mentioned that make me happy are things, are tangible, are certain things. The things that make me sad are far less tangible, aren't really tangible at all. They're less certain as things. They are feelings or just not at all tangible. And I find, I feel like a lot of people can agree with this, I find that things are so much easier to control, easier to fill our lives with, easier to take up space and time than feelings. Feelings are really hard to nail down. They're hard to fix. They're hard to work on. They're hard to control. There's no control. They slip right out of your fingers like a freaking bar of soap. And so the lack thereof of this control really stresses me out. Like, immensely and that is what relates or what causes the spirals what causes my midlife or I guess quarter life crisis moments and I think it's one of those things like when you identify that when you like figure this out it honestly it unlocks something it makes you feel a bit closer to getting better because you understand the truth and honestly you know I aspire to be happy and being happy means filling my life with these things but maybe I should fill my life with more feelings, like happy feelings, because all I really know are sad feelings, it sounds like. So I don't know. I need to work on that for sure. I do want to share, before we go, um, a Glennon Doyle quote. You guys know I'm still reading. Um, what's the book called? Wait, I just blanked. Oh, it's called Untamed. I don't know why I just blanked on what it's called. It's like sitting right in front of me. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Great book. I referenced it a few episodes ago. She said something in one of the pages, I dog-eared the bottom of it, and I was like, I need to share this eventually, and it really just goes with this moment in time. Glennon Doyle has really helped me on this self-love journey so far, this work in progress that I am. So here is the quote, I dog-eared this page. It says, I'll abandon everyone else's expectations of me before I'll abandon myself. I'll disappoint everyone else before I disappoint myself. I'll forsake all others before I forsake myself. Me and myself, we are till death do us part. And for some background, she was in a marriage, an unhappy marriage, and then she discovered that she had love for a woman. She was in a marriage with a man, and then she discovered she had love for this woman. 
and she was just going back and forth in her mind about, you know, disappointing people and disappointing people because she's a mother and she has these kids and like she's going to drag the kids through a divorce and like all the things. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, I will not abandon myself. I will not let myself get trampled on by all these people. And I, I will not, I will take hold of myself, you know, and that sort of feeling. And it was really, really something. I was reading this and I was thinking to myself, wow, I don't know if I take hold of myself very much. I don't think I really value myself over other people. And that is self-sabotage. I've talked about this at length, but it just, you know, (laughs) if you're not there for yourself, if you're not cheering yourself on, if you're not, you know, trusting yourself above all, who's going to do it for you, honestly? So, I want to make this, what Glennon said, a daily affirmation, the way that I talk to myself, because I love the way that she talks to herself. It feels powerful, even just reading her words. It feels powerful for having them coming out of my mouth right now. It feels good. And so I want to learn some more affirmations. I want to learn some more ways to speak to myself and ways to view the things that I do and my mistakes and how to forgive myself. And I'm working on all these things in therapy. And I hope to share with you guys in you know a, a while eventually my tactics and my plan because I'm not doing a good job. And I think the first step, of course, is acceptance or not acceptance. The first step is admittance, right? Like just admitting the problem and then you work on it. And so I guess me sitting here today really proclaiming pretty loud that I don't love myself is honestly a good step in the right direction. So thank you for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. This was a really hard thing for me to share. Um, because it sucks to admit that you don't love yourself. It, it sucks. Um, because it should be a lot easier than it is. That's it. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to you all again next week, next Thursday. Talk to you then. Mm-hmm.